There was a surreal pause at a little past 8 p.m. local time on the streets of Michael Brown's hometown. In front of police headquarters, under a jarringly cheerful twinkling street banner that said Season's Greetings, for several long minutes, the hundreds of protesters blocking the street were as solemn and quiet as the stone-faced officers standing in a long line behind a barricade. Inside a car parked in the middle of the street, with a masked man behind the wheel, someone turned up the radio so the crowd could hear the news conference. On top of the car stood activists from the apartment complex where Brown was killed, including Sabrina Webb, the young keeper of the makeshift memorial where his body lay, and a man with a gas mask over his baseball cap. The prosecutor's voice droned. The crowd leaned in to hear. And then, pandemonium. It's legal to kill unarmed black men in America, shouted the man with a gas mask, a protester and local rap artist known as T-Dub-O. Moments later, President Obama addressed the nation, urging a peaceful response to the news that the police officer who killed Michael Brown would not face criminal charges. First and foremost, we are a nation built on the rule of law, so we need to accept the decision was the grand juries to make, Obama said. There are Americans who agree with it, and there are Americans who are deeply disappointed. It's an understandable reaction. I join Michael's parents in asking anyone who protests this decision to do so peacefully. But the president's calls for peace were immediately undermined by the fact that his news conference was sharing a screen on most cable networks with live camera footage from Ferguson, Missouri, where the crowds of residents and protesters had begun to riot. As he was calling for peace, Obama was on a split screen with images of burning cop cars. Michael Brown's parents have lost more than anyone, Obama said. We should be honoring their wishes. In a sign of the way that the events from Ferguson both compelled and startled a nation, protesters also gathered in front of the White House, as well as in major cities from coast to coast. Hundreds joined marches and vigils, many chanting, hands up, don't shoot. Meanwhile, policing groups declared the grand jury decision a victory. Now, they argued, a wrongly vilified cop could go on with his life, and the race baiters could go home. For more than three months, the grand jury, made up of seven men and five women, nine white and three black, heard evidence into the shooting. They met 25 times and heard from 60 witnesses. They considered charges against Officer Darren Wilson ranging from first-degree murder to involuntary manslaughter. In a criminal trial, jurors must decide a crime has been committed beyond a reasonable doubt. But here, those jurors needed only to feel there was probable cause that Wilson had committed a crime. As the city waited on edge, Many of the same teens who were among the first to protest at the site of Michael Brown's death were forming and joining organizations to continue to picket. In October, they organized a weekend of resistance, drawing thousands to St. Louis and prompting dozens of arrests.